Powered by Rev Media. In partnership with TSN, it is Season 5, Episode 5 of the Rain Drakes Hockey Podcast. And it is presented by our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey. Well, Ray, it's easy to see for those who follow us on the YouTube channel and as we stream on social media that you are traveling back in the saddle for ESPN and ready for what should be a real good opener, right, between the Penguins and, of course, the debut of uh, Blackhawks young star Connor Bedard. I can't can't remember being this excited about my first (laughs) opening game in, well, I, I don't know when I, you know, honestly, maybe the, the change to ESPN because it was so different than everything I had done at, uh, at TSN for, you know, a decade plus, but this is different. I mean, like yeah. there's so much hype around Connor Bedard and everybody is see- genuinely so excited to watch him play and to see how he's going to do. And then it's against Sid, of course. And, like yeah. <clears throat> I'm doing a little research and I'm like, man, he, can you believe this is his 19th year? He's been the captain for 18 years. It's, yeah. you know, he's like a point of game, 18 years in a row and Bedard's just getting started. And I had this thought, you know, like there, his first seven games are just crazy. Like where he's, you know, he's in Boston and then they're, you know, they get, uh, Montreal and Toronto and Vegas a couple of times like it's really a a row of heavy hitters out of the blocks and and I thought and then it's going to settle down for him but in reality it it will never settle down for Connor it it just never will I mean it never really settles down for Crosby (laughs) I mean you get in the grind of the season and all that but if you're at the level of Crosby and Ovechkin and McDavid and Dreisaitl and those guys it just never settles down and He's stepping in. Connor is stepping into his new reality tonight. And I'm just like, I'm so excited to see it. Yeah, there's going to be nervous energy as far as Bedard is concerned. No doubt about that. And then you add the layering of the superstar status of Crosby and, you know, Eric Carlson. Throw down, like, there's so many, you know, all world Pittsburgh Penguins who are still, you know, right. impactful players in the National Hockey. Who is that for you? And I mean, you played in an era of great players. You did. Um, but when you broke into the National Hockey League, I mean, who is that player who had been in the league 15 to 20 years where you went, oh, oh boy, I'm on the same sheet of ice as this guy? Well, well, my first game was against the Bruins to start with. And um, I was a Bruins fan growing up. And I remember skating around and warm up and just looking at their jerseys. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm playing the Bruins. <laughs> like, I didn't even care who was in the jersey. I was like, oh, my God, it's the Bruins. But yeah, there, there was a time, a game, I got a, a, a couple of pictures. I played against Guy Lafleur, And he was at the end of his Oof. career. He was in Quebec and then with the Rangers. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's Guy Lafleur. Like, I could <laughs> not believe it. He was my dad's favorite player. I said I was a Bruins fan, and you know, Guy used to break the Bruins' hearts every year, and I, I just I couldn't believe that I got to play against him. Like he he was for me for me, I, I would say there was two him and Gilbert Perrault, and oh, yeah. I mean like just an extraordinary talent. And the other thing that's different about then to now of the many things I guess is you didn't get to see him very often, right? Like it wasn't right. like 
we had games every night to watch. You just didn't. And so like seeing Gilbert Perrault was a treat. I mean, we saw the Canadians on hockey night a lot, but to see Perrault was a treat. And I, I couldn't believe like he wore his pants so low. Yeah. Like the way he wore his gear, the way he seemed to be able to move like his upper body this way and his <laughs> lower body the other way. Oh, I just, it was so cool. The, those were the well, guys. See, yeah. And I, I mean, that's why I wanted you to, to jog the, the history books here because Bedard has to be feeling some of that, right? I mean, he has right. to be. I mean, this kid has been a student of the game probably since he could hold a hockey stick. So it's, well, it's and not Crosby's just about his guy. And Crosby's 100%. So that's, yeah, and it's a, that's really cool. It's our fascination with Bedard, of course. We want to see how he's going to respond, you know, game one, game 10, game 50, whatever. But you, you kind of overlook the fact that mm, this young star, developing star, is, is playing against guys who have been there, done that, and uh, are as good as it gets. So well, I think everybody's looking forward to this one, especially Connor Bedard. How was your Thanksgiving? Little brief, uh, I would think, eh? It, it was with brief. all the goings on. Yeah. We, you know, so about Friday, we were like, oh my gosh, it's Thanksgiving weekend because, you know, Cammy was busy. They were, you know, getting through the final part of the preseason stuff. Yeah. And we were, you know, setting the roster and all that stuff. And um, I'm packing to get ready. The kids had soccer games. And, and all of a sudden, we're like, oh, we don't have a turkey. We don't like we were so ill prepared. And as it turned out, I don't know if you've ever had this, Dregs. Like when you sometimes you make all these great plans and they just it's okay. You know what? It's all yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. We had a great yeah. night. Like we had a yeah. we had a great Thanksgiving dinner and you know, Landon and his wife were there and um, you know, they're expecting their first in December, so everybody's excited. We had some friends over for as always, there's way too much food somehow. I don't know. Of course, yeah. You know, I don't know how that happened because we, but we didn't have any on Saturday, Dregs. We had nothing. <laughs> we hadn't even gone to the store yet. And we're like, That's it was so a good. flat out panic on Sunday, but it, it turned out great. <laughs> how about you guys? How were the draggers? Oh, yeah, how it was excellent. Turn out how this. Did it turn well, out? Well, you know what? The, 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 yeah, we, we actually did. We smoked the ribs on Friday. So that was Friday's feast. And, and it was excellent. Saturday, or sorry, Sunday, we went with the traditional turkey. But, you know, because the family's relatively small, um, Katie and Mason were here. Um, and uh, Katie's boyfriend, Matt, was here. Kaylee, who's Mason's girlfriend, she was tied up to her own family thing, which was awesome. So... I do most of the shopping because I like it. It's it's therapeutic for me, right? I can just zip through the the the, the grocery stores. I, sometimes yeah. I have a list. Often I don't, but I just it's a bit therapeutic. So I I go to the local store and I'm like, all right, well, I I hate cooking the big turkey because two days later you're sick of it, and you gotta never have a sick of it now. Never oh, sick yeah, of I, it. Never. Yeah. By day two, man, I've, I've had my fill. So I go in there to the store and I'm thinking, you know, maybe I'm just going to buy a couple of turkey breasts and some drumsticks. So pieces of the turkey, cook it up that way. I thought that'd be a good idea. And Ray, I walk into this store. I walk into this store and it's like this heavenly halo <laughs> is hovering over yeah, the Oh, yeah. Door. You got drawn right in, didn't you? How big? I did, but I, I'm going to show you. No, no, hold on. It's the greatest thing ever. And, I, and I'm sure there are people who are listening, watching, going, you're an idiot. But I, I walk, I'll send sure. a picture so we can post it. I walk in, 
there is a perfectly sliced half turkey. So imagine the full turkey just cut right in half. So you get the full half. So you get the, the drumstick, the thigh, the breast, everything that goes into the turkey, but only half of this. And it was like nine and a half pounds. It was perfect. And so, you know what? I, right I there with that nine and a half pound half turkey. Dregs, I don't think that's a bad thing. I'm going to send you a picture. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking you it was, you know, you know, yeah, I, th- I, I could see that. I, <laughs> I could see that. But I, you know, we, end, yeah. we ended up with a little leftovers and, you know, couple of teenagers are ravaging yeah. it this week so oh of course <clears throat> okay we're gonna jump right into tim horton's headlines in yeah. just a second <clears throat> a shout out to my buddy at the cabbage doug haverstock he's the guy that kind of keeps everything going at the cabbage when i'm not there so he's a very important person in my life he's a good friend remember he's the guy that i told you i was with at the prairie lake lodge golf course got the hole in one right, right. i've only seen one hole in one dougie and that was his 10th. Remember, we talked about it. Yeah, that's just not one. even. Gets, I can't even be happy for the career. Guy. I yeah. mean, good for you, Doug. Way to go. 10. <laughs> really happy for you. Okay. We well, just got 11. He just got oh, 11. Stop uh, late last week or on the weekend. Yeah, 15th hole. Like 105, 102 yard hole, but still. This guy is dialed oh, in. So shout out I'm to not, Dougie Haberson. Not a boy, Doug. 11th hole. Really happy for you again. Yeah, really happy. Hey, yeah, we're all happy for you. Cheers, Doug. Hey, Canada, Tim's NHL trading cards are back with the all-new set. So get ready to unpack the thrill and score your favorite hockey stars. Grab them before they're gone. A real hot commodity. I love the commercials. Available now only at Tim's. Okay, Tim Horton's headlines. Connor Hellebuck, Mark Shifley had all of us just scrambling yesterday because we did the season preview on TSN and you know how methodical those things are put together, right? Yes. Ray? It's like, okay, you've got three minutes and four seconds to talk about the Edmonton Oilers here in segment two or whatever it is. So if you go three minutes and five seconds, we're screwed. It's over. Yep. Billy's so, in your Billy, ear. Hey, Billy's yeah, in your ear. Uh, oh, we're Billy getting D. heavy. We're getting heavy. <laughs> Um, so Connor Hellebuck and uh, Mark Shively agreed to seven-year <laughs> extensions at $8.5 million per. Um, I guess the takeaway for me, Ray, is that this should kill the thought that players no longer want to stay in Winnipeg. They're not going to sign. I mean, you can use the evidence of Pierre-Luc Dubois, who's now with the Los Angeles Kings, and eh, that's on him. I mean... He's he's entitled to uh, to pick his his place and manage his career the way he did. So no hard feelings there. They got good return. Um, but I think these are important contracts from a business perspective too, Ray. Right? Because it, it's been a challenge the last year or so in selling tickets, like renewing season tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, even some of the preseason tickets in Winnipeg were a bit of a challenge to sell. So the message I think in signing these two guys. Still a top NHL forward, a Vesna Trophy winning goaltender. Is that we're in it to win? We're 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 trying to win right now, um, and I think that that's an important message to not only the fan base but to maybe everyone around the National Hockey League. Right? I mean, they're well, they're all in here. I was in the lounge in Toronto, um, waiting for my connection flight, and I'm scrolling through, and I I see the headline that they've signed my first thought was it was bogus was that somebody had sent out a bogus account 
Yeah, yeah. And um, mainly because I, I don't know. I mean, you would know more than me. Like I hadn't heard one speck of talk that uh, uh, extensions were even really yeah. being discussed or were imminent. And, um, you know, Kevin Cheveldayoff keeps things pretty tight, it seems like, most of the time. Like you don't hear a lot. And then all of a sudden these two lightning bolts come out and it's the – the matching contracts. Um, I do wonder a couple things, Dregs. <clears throat> One is yeah. that um, with the goalie market in itself over the last year or two, it, there seems like there's a little bit of a lid on what teams want to pay goalies. It's almost like in the NFL, um, running backs are critically important. And yet mm -hmm. somehow they're across the league, their financial value has got a lid on it. And it yeah. feels like the same for the goalies. And so maybe Connor Hellebuck took a look around. He knows what he knows in Winnipeg. He likes it there. He likes the the lifestyle, like the, the life there. Maybe going to someplace in the East was not his thing. And so you've got great dollar, great term, and a place you know when you're comfortable. And, and I thought that yeah. with, with Hellebuck for sure. Um, amazingly both these guys are 31 years old like it it's Shifley in particular i i feel like he's way younger mm -hmm. he does but, seem that way but it, but he's just not and there gets a point where you're like okay so if i leave what exactly is out there for me yeah like is, is there a seven-year deal somewhere because he'd be 32 probably not so they start making yeah. a decision that's the best for them at that time I, I do think th there's a changing of the air in Winnipeg a little bit. Uh, a lot of that is, you know, you bring in the L.A. guys, and that's part of a different culture. And, it is. you know, I, ta I talked to somebody yesterday, and they said, like, uh, Alex Ayafalo is, like, he's a really energetic, useful player. He loves it there. Loves it there. Hmm. Well, you bring part of what the Kings have been over the last – X number of years and you bring it there. You got Gabe Velarde who has, you know, had a breakout year they uh, last year. Things change and maybe for Shifley, things change a little bit, right? It's a it's because it's it's not been a smooth road the last couple of years. But to your point, I think this is awesome for the Jets. I think it's awesome for their fans. Um, and it does signal that this team is gonna be a good team for you know, the immediate future because they've, they've got some really terrific players. Uh, you know, Connor and Morrissey come to mind. If Perfetti yeah. can stay healthy, you know, he's, this kind of feels like a year he could take a jump. You know, mm -hmm. th this, this can be a very good team. I agree. Well, speaking of teams, why don't we do a divisional dive? We teed this up uh, last week on the Rain Dregs podcast. Uh, so I'm, what we're looking for here is just the teams that, some of them are going to be obvious, maybe less obvious to, to, to people who don't, you know, kind of pay close attention to each division in the NHL. Um, but I want your thoughts on the teams that you think are, are poised to do something. You know, maybe go up the division, conference, maybe go down. So let's start in the East in the Atlantic with, uh, I guess, the Toronto Maple Leafs. What, what are your thoughts on, on the Leafs? We did the, the poll yesterday on the season mm -hmm. preview, and I think... Off the top of my head, I feel like the consensus was either number one or number two in the division, and 
that seems about right in the Atlantic, doesn't it? Yeah, I I think the the seas have parted for Toronto in uh, in, in that division. You know, like the, the teams have taken steps back. Younger teams aren't mm-hmm. quite ready to challenge for it. Florida's you know decimated by injury to their blue line to to get yeah. going, and now they lose Sam Bennett for few weeks it sounds like at least to start and so I I think Toronto's going to be a really good regular season team I of course like everybody I didn't have Fraser Minton on my Leafs roster to start the <laughs> season good for him um, what a great camp he's had and you know uh, you know changes really what they were thinking about it moves Nylander back to the wing where he's probably best and or most comfortable and I think the Leafs win the division um I still don't know if this is a different story come playoff time, but mm-hmm. you know because they they seem like a team that'll win. They're going to win a lot now. I think Matthews is going to have a monster year. I really, I just kind of feel it. Like I, I picked him in my preseason stuff to win the Rocket, and um, so you're that, talking sixty, sixty plus high fifties, yeah, high fifties okay. for sure for him uh, is is kind of where I have him. Um, but I, I think Toronto wins the division. I think, and one of the reasons is Boston's going to take, going to have to take a huge step back. They, they right. just no way they're going to. Oh, well, they had a league record points last year. They're going to come back off of that total. I think as many as thirty-five to forty points. Um, mm-hmm. I still think they're going to be good because they won't give up any goals. They got a terrific defense and excellent goaltending. The goals are going to be harder to come by. And mm-hmm. so I, I still think Boston's good, but I, I see them more in the hundred point range, not in the, you know, the, the 110, 120 point range. Right. Right. Tampa Bay. How do they set up for you? Aside from again, the obvious and big question and goal. The, there is. Um, okay. I, I'm going to say this in a, the word isn't positive, but what I mean is incredibly positive is there's an, a winning arrogance to Tampa right now. And over the past number of years, they just know how to win. They just, they have an excellent coach. Their, their best players are still in the part of their careers where they're the best players. You know, they haven't started to slide away yet. And so I I think they're going to be a really, really tough out this year. However, you know, they, they have no cap space. They can't no. really replace Vasilevsky. So you go into the season with Johansson in goal, who is, I mean, he's bounced around on waivers back and forth. And, you know, I, I Matt Tompkins was with the Canadian Olympic team and played in Sweden. I mean, like, I don't know, like, how are these guys going to stand up in goal? How are they going to do? Like, I was shocked they weren't able to fit a goalie in on waivers yesterday. Yeah, I, I was shocked. I just I thought they would. Um, now maybe that can change in the next couple of weeks, but because they still do have Vasilevsky's cap space for two months. But um, man, I, I was I was really surprised that yesterday didn't yield a goalie for them. Well, and and you know just to to to, to bring it into light, um, Marty Jones clears waivers for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and you know the Leafs added a $100,000 bonus, which was payable, I believe, today. I mean, do you think that could have been a deterrent in any way, shape, or form 
for a club. Maybe, I mean, for Tampa Bay, like every dollar but, counts, but why? right? But but why would that matter? Because it the yeah. salary, the cap hits 875, whether you pay it 820,000 today and 50,000 yeah, yeah. for the rest of the year. Like it, it's still, it is, it is. I, I mean, I might be way wrong. <laughs> I think too much was made by it. I think it's a neat little gimmick that maybe causes yeah. somebody some pause, but I don't, I don't think that would be the deciding factor, but you know, Montreal kept three goalies. Yeah. They, you know, they clearly didn't feel like they could get either Montembeau or Primo through waivers. And so they kept three. Well, that's not going to stay. And that's why I say yesterday was odd for me that they didn't add anyone. Maybe they will in the nearby, but that's, you know, like I, I think Buffalo is going to really take a, a run here. Um, sure. I don't know what Florida can be until they get everybody back. And Dregs, the way they played in the playoffs is really next to impossible to play for 82 games. Yeah. They played so hard. And it would just be really hard to rev that mm-hmm. up um, again. Ottawa, <clears throat> I think, is for me, they feel like a little bit of a wild card still. I think, but I, I think you can see there they're on they're on the move i mean i i and i don't think detroit's quite there yet yeah uh just a quick thought you bring up ottawa on vladimir tarasenko you're that that was a strange one for me that was a strange ad by the ottawa senators for me because they had the pinto situation lurking and you know some other things that they 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 had to get done um does he still have game is he is is, is he capable being an impactful player or is this well okay i guess that depends on your view of what impactful is you know um i watched him with the rangers last year i did the playoff series i thought he worked really hard i i just don't think he's got what he used to have Mm -hmm. like he's he's not a 40 goal guy like that you know that's that to me i don't think that's there anymore for him um Mm -hmm. but i was quite impressed with with yeah. with how he tried to play. But I, I, I'm with you. I was, I, I, I don't know. I mean, they lost to Brinkett. And I mean, are they trying to replace um, those goals in aggregate with Kubalik and Tarasenko? Yeah. You know, may, maybe that's, yeah. maybe that's the case. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Metro division, Carolina, New Jersey, Pittsburgh, all three of those teams kind of on your radar going in. They are. I, I think Pittsburgh's going to be pretty good. Uh, I'll start with them yeah. first, just since I'm here. Um, yeah. I thought they did a really good job. You know, Kyle Dubas comes in, and you know there's a different view on how the team should be put together. First thing they attacked was speed. They are much quicker than they were last year, and somehow the Penguins got slow, and that that's not the Penguins under Mike Sullivan that, uh, you know, that I'm used to watching anyway. Um, yeah. They add Carlson. It will be interesting to see how Carlson and Latang um, work along the blue line together. I mean, it didn't work in San Jose when they brought Brent Burns in there. Mm-hmm. You know, like that that didn't work quite so well. Um, but I think I think Latang will be better with less yeah. responsibility heaped on his shoulders every night. Um, I I think Pittsburgh's pretty good. They uh, Tristan Jari will hold a lot of the lot of the season in his hands, right? Whether he can mm-hmm. be first yeah. half Jari or second half. After he, you know, he got hurt in the outdoor game last year. His numbers yeah. were really good before that. 
and really rotten after it. And so now he's had a, you know, a full off season to rehab and train. And, um, you know, they signed him to a five-year extension. Pitt's got a legit top six. And I think their defense, their top, they had at Ryan Graves. I think they're, I, I think their top four at least is going to be pretty solid. Health will matter for an older team. Um, but I, Pitt's going to be there. Now, New Jersey and Carolina, I go back and forth picking one or the other to win the division. Huh. Um, you know, they play two completely different styles of play. Um, Carolina just doesn't give you anything. But I don't know that even with Svechnikov back with his ACL stuff, Drake's, I don't know. They feel like they miss a score. Like they, yeah, I agree with that. You know, like they, they, it just feels like it's not, it's not there. Um, yeah. They got to work so hard to score, and and I wonder if that's a bit of their Achilles heel. For for Jersey, there, you know, I don't know what to expect. Is Vitek Vanacek or Kira Schmidt? Are they legit top end goalies? Can they be in combination one top end goalie? You know, like a one A one B thing. But the mm. Devils are they are good and they are fast. Um, and they've gained experience. They add Luke Hughes on the blue line this year. Um, you know, he steps in where, you know, they don't have to, you know, they didn't bring back uh, Graves, uh, mm-hmm. who goes to Pittsburgh. But, you know, you, you've got a, you know, you've got a, a player they're just ec- ecstatic about in, in Hughes to get Luke Hughes to get in there. Um, I do think Jack Hughes will be the first <laughs> devil uh, to get to 100 points in their history this year. Oh, wow. Okay. So when you look at the East, before we shift over to the West, are you thinking no particular order, but Toronto, Carolina, New Jersey, like battling? Those, those for, are my, uh, those would the, be my the three. Conference? Yeah. Those are my yeah. three at the, at the top of the conference. And I think the Eastern conference winner will come out of the Metro. Okay. Whew. That's going to be a fun division to watch. I mean, yeah. uh, the East in general is, is loaded with talent, but that one specifically is going to be interesting. Okay, we talked about Winnipeg in the Central Division, so we can yep. shift over to a couple of other Central Division teams. A uh, lot of love for the Colorado Avalanche on our season preview. Mm. A lot of love for the Avs, and deservedly so when you look at that roster. Um, Colorado, Dallas. I had Dallas uh, in the Western Conference Final against the Edmonton Oilers, Edmonton prevailing. But uh, again, people paying close attention to Dallas. So what do you like about Colorado? And what are you thinking about the Dallas Stars? Um, Well, it it would be hard to believe that Colorado could be as injured this year as they were last year. Uh, I mean, they were just crushed all all season long. It just, it never ended. And of course, they don't have Landeskog this year, right? You know, he's not going to be there. And so they're... You know, can Jonathan Drouin find a little magic with with Nate McKinnon? Uh, they bring in Ryan Johansson. I think that helps in that second spot that they lost when Kadri left. Um, you know, that that was a little out of depth, I think, for JT Comfer. Yeah. Um, you know, they bring in Miles Wood and and Ross Colton. I mean, they they've changed their team. Um, yeah, health will matter a lot. Um, they do not have an established backup. Uh, uh, Alexander Georgiev had a really good first year in Colorado, but Eustace Ananen's their backup. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they picked up a young guy from Arizona yesterday, but that, that seems more like depth than anything else. Maybe, maybe those two will compete for that spot, but I, I think Colorado's really good. I, I like them a yeah. lot. I like them. 
a hair better than Dallas, okay. mainly because I, 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 I love Miro Haskinen, but I don't love the Dallas defense past it. Okay. Yeah. And so I, I just, I think they can be a, they might be a little slow. Um, and, and, but I, and they also had, they had like, you know, Hints and Robertson had career years last year, like big career years. Um, mm-hmm. Is that the norm or is that a one-off? I, I mean, I don't really know. And um, so anytime I see players with career years, I, mm. I, I just, myself, I take a half a step pause with them. I think Dallas is just a hair below them, uh, below mm. Colorado. And then um, when I, when I look, then I, you know, I get into Minnesota and Winnipeg or in that, you know, in that fight for the, the three hole there. Right. Okay. Um, Pacific Division. Not a lot of talk about the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, at least they should talk about their yeah. rings. How about those rings? Amazing. Well, I, they're beautiful, but I'd be I'd be terrified of losing the top of that. Thing. I guess you don't wear it, right? You don't wear it that often. Well, but. I don't think it's put together like our Cracker Jack rings or whatever we got together. I think the top stays on it. You know, like. Yeah, well, pretty amazing better. though. I thought like pretty cool. Yeah, but from a hockey standpoint, um, there has been almost no turnover in Vegas, and, and yet we're looking we're looking at that Western Conference, um, and and we're doing the division dive here. But we're looking at yeah. that conference, and rightfully so, we're looking at Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl and the good things we expect from the Edmonton Oilers, Colorado, Dallas. You've already talked about, but are we underselling? the Vegas Golden Knights as the defending Stanley Cup champions? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, maybe some people are. Um, I, I don't see any way that the Pacific isn't settled with Edmonton and Vegas. Like, I, they just, they're, they're a step above everybody, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't give them less respect. I think it's amazing that they're able to bring back 19 you know, 19 players off of that team. It's like astounding. Um, I yeah. go back to that series and that series was two, two at one time with Edmonton. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, if Edmonton gets through, maybe we're talking about Edmonton. At, well, I think we are talking about Edmonton as Stanley cup champions. Right. And, and so game five turned out to be, you know, the, you know, the, uh, a remarkable turning point. I have Edmonton mm-hmm. ahead of Vegas, but I, I just, it's because I had to put somebody ahead of somebody, right? <laughs> right? Like they can't, they can't both be there. And, but I, I think they're the, I, I think those two teams are the class of the Western conference. Mm-hmm. Where do you see Seattle sliding in? Some people right or wrong think that maybe Seattle goes back a notch. And I, I just, I'm not there. I'm not there. Um, mm. But I'm also uncertain as to what we should expect from the Kraken this year. Um, I do have them sliding a bit. Um, okay. And, and again, just as I mentioned earlier, only because it is impossible for players that have career years across the board to have career years again across the board. Like there is... There's a good many players there that just really struck out and had unbelievable years. And I just don't, I don't see that happening again and again and again. 
right across the board. So I do think like they're the speed they play. They, they led the NHL in five on five goals last year. I like, is that going to happen again? Like, you know, like it, I mean, I guess it yeah. could, but I, I just, could. I, I do have them taken uh half a step back and that puts them into a, into a kind of a grouping of teams there. Right. That make, yeah. <laughs> you go from a playoff lock to um, a bubble team in a hurry and which is what Seattle was last year, but you know, cause they made it in as a wild card, but man, I, there's no, there are not many sure things. That's for sure. Edmonton no. and Vegas, those are sure things. Yeah. Okay. So recap for us then. Um, who do you see win in the West? And then give us a, a winner of the Eastern Conference, and that sets up a Stanley Cup final. And then your Stanley Cup prediction. Uh, I I have Edmonton and Carolina in the Cup final, which would be I think '06. Okay. Was the last they played in 06, did they not? I think that was their... or 06. Uh, All I remember is the horrendous travel. Okay, Drake, I was just going to bring up, this was, I have never seen a grumpier group of humans after Edmonton (laughs) won in game six. And we, they had a media charter that had to cut back right away because... I don't know, there was some availability the next day or something. We landed in Carolina at like six in the morning. And oh. it was a and it was a grumbly, grumpy group of people getting off that thing. But I well if Jersey beat if Jersey beat Carolina, yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked there either. But I think the it's either I, I took Carolina, but it's out of the metro and it's Edmonton for me. And and then Excellent. I that's that's what I get. Okay, well, as I acknowledged, I, I took Edmonton-Toronto in the Stanley Cup Ooh. final. I laid the birth certificate right on the desk on set for the preview show and have Edmonton winning the Stanley Cup final. So, Oh, just think, just think of that travel. And just think of, <sighs> never mind the travel, think of the, the craziness, the energy. Yeah, the- yeah. We might have from a Canadian to, perspective. You, you know. might have to dig out like some old footage of that guy in Montreal that came flying across the set when Bobby Mack jumped up like a linebacker. <laughs> was it in Montreal or was it? In no, I, was it or is it in Carolina? It, I, I, <laughs> that guy didn't oh make boy. it very far. <laughs> and we can't repeat even on a podcast. We can't repeat what Bob actually said to the guy as he was zipping through. <laughs> <laughs> but it was high end code. You know, I think we can dig that footage up from the archives at TS, and we just have to mute it, obviously, because oh, I was, was feared. He was, you know, he was. Where did this guy life fears? And oh, I don't know. He showed some quick but feet there, the big man. I loved it. There was security on board the very next day. That was the end of that game. So yep, anyway. Yep. All right, those are your Tim Hortons headlines. Thank you, Tim Hortons. Tim's NHL trading cards are back. Unpack the thrill. Score your favorite icons with an all-new set. Get yours before they're gone. Only at Tim's. Interviews on Ray and Dregs this year brought to us by Canadian Club Whiskey. They're introducing the first release of the Canadian Club Invitation Series. Yummy. CC 15-year-old Sherry Cask. It even sounds terrific. 
It's the Signature CC Classic 12-year-old whiskey finished with a secondary aging in the Olorosa Sherry Cass. All the hallmarks of classic Canadian club with the added richness and sweetness of sherry. And uh, we're thrilled to have Cole Caulfield of the Montreal Canadiens joining us on the podcast later this week. So great personality. You know, he's, he's, he's not afraid to say what he thinks. And I'm curious to learn um, what he thinks of that club, right? There's there's still seemingly auditioning for the winger on that line with Caulfield, Suzuki, and mm. is it Alex Newhook? I think most thought it would be, um, but there's opportunity there. Could be a dynamic line. So Cole Caulfield, Ray, is going to join us later yep. this week on Ray and Ray. He's, uh, man, he's just, he's got that it thing, doesn't he? Whatever, he does. whatever it is. Like, he's just... And can he score? He can score. Yeah. Look forward to talking to him. They ready for, is he ready for, he's ready to score 50, but is that team strong enough around him for him to get 50 or is that a little too? I I think that's still in the future. I mean, for all the, you know, positivity or excitement around Montreal, I mean, that's, you know, they're, they're starting on the way out of it because they've got so many young prospects, but there's still a, Still a ways to go there, I think. All right. Ask Rain Driggs anything. You can send us your questions. Twitter, Instagram, at Ray and Driggs are on the website, rayandriggs.com. Got a few interesting ones today, Ray, so we'll zip through those and get you on your way. Mm-hmm. Brandon Cartwright says, hey, guys, love the show. I listen to every episode. Thank every you. Every single episode. Thanks, Brandon. Ray, are you still doing the cold showers? He says, I imagine he dropped that. So let's nope, start. He's just, still taking cold showers. Just got out before we start. I do my my morning routine that I do. It takes me about 30 minutes, and then I jump in the cold shower. And, uh, yep, still still there. I'm debating the cold tub, but because I'm, I am not, like, there's no chance I'm spending the money that they charge for these cold tubs. Um, so I'm kind of looking at a workaround and no. drags a buddy of ours, uh, Cammy and I, they, they bought, and this could be right up your alley drags. They bought, they bought a freezer, like, you know, one of the coffin okay. freezers, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They sealed it and they use that as the cold tub. Wow. And I'm like, Ooh. indoors, obviously. Right. What do you mean indoors? Well, What's got to be somewhere indoors? No, like, it doesn't have to be indoors. It can no, it doesn't. Po- you've got power yeah. outside. You got to plug the thing in so it stays cold. I am not lugging bags of ice back and forth. If you can't, <laughs> uh, otherwise, I'll just it'll be the cold shower. But yes, indeed, I'm still hanging Look, in there with it. Just go online, buy a cattle trough, What's drag cattle it out trough? to the back. A oh, you mean trough. the thing just where they eat? Google it. Yeah, no, they drink the big uh, yeah, yeah, you know, galvanized. Right. Yeah, well, metal that's what that's what the trough. freezer is. It's the same thing, uh-huh. except I'm not buying a cattle <laughs> trough for crying out loud. <laughs> okay, Brandon has a question about Evgeny Kuznetsov. He says, with him wanting a trade and being vocal about his past few years in Washington, does it make sense for General Manager Brian McClellan to try hard to swap Kuznetsov, maybe a prospect and a pick for? Wait for it, Ray. He said Mark Shifley, but this was probably before Shifley mm-hmm. signed the seven-year extension yesterday because it was funny. The, the reaction, as soon as we put out that Shifley and Hellebuck had, had extended, people are calling me going, well, does this 
increase the possibility of trade? And I'm like, no. Right. I mean, Chifley wants no. to stay in Winnipeg. He wants to win in Winnipeg. So let's let's swap out Mark Shifley for Brandon here. And and he was thinking of the line of Ovechkin, Shifley, and Tom sure. Wilson and what yep. that might be able to look like. Um, but if a player like Kuznetsov truly, really doesn't want to be there, then yeah, Brian's probably going to find a way or try and move him, but it may not be an easy move with Kuznetsov. Well, there, there's the whole deal of it at the end. It's like, well, why doesn't Team A trade Team B, this yeah. guy? And it just doesn't work. And, you know, Kuznetsov's not I, – I, he's not the player he once was. And so I think you got to be careful always that you're trading a player from three years ago, not the guy today. I'm with you. Yeah. And so I, I think Kuznetsov sits in that. Like he, the the danger with asking for a trade is the answer might come back. Yeah, I can't trade you. Yeah, and that and that that very well could be. Um, yeah, he's. I still think like could he is he a fifty point or sixty point guy? I don't see why not when if he's on a power play and stuff. But things have to be the right place for him, and. Yeah. um I think that's a tough move. I don't know his contract status. Do you know Drake's? Does he have uh, one year left? Um, uh, I think so. I'd have to double check, he, but his said, name has been out there for yeah, so long. Yeah, he you know? said though that it, you know I read something. I, I'm in Washington on Friday, and I was doing some reading, and he said, you know, that was an old request. He's, you know, he was frustrated, and yeah, it's a new year, you know, all that sort of thing. So we'll. I, I just think he would be a tough move. So we've got two years left with a modified no trade at 7.8, right? So this year and next year at 7.8 million. So okay. So if you're, if you're tough. doing that, you're retaining a lot of money and I just, yeah. I just don't see it right now. Okay. Rob says, love the podcast. I love the Blackhawks as well. What is the role of Corey Perry and Nick Foligno Ray, both on and off the ice in terms of prepping Connor Bedard for the NHL. And then Rob wonders who helped you as a rookie, Ray, or did you then mentor somebody later in your career? Um, so I think Perry and Felino's job first is to, is to play and to, you know, they're not there as coaches. They're there as players. Secondarily yeah. is to set an example of what a pro is for like, you know, they're, they're starting tonight and they got three defensemen that are 22 and under. Like, I know. show them what being a pro means about, oh, you're tired today? Too bad. Get in the gym. Um, yeah. You know, you travel, you travel a certain way. You you get to work and you're, you know, you're losing 5-1. Because uh, they'll have some nights like that. You're losing 5-1. Mm -hmm. Well, this is how you play. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think there is there's a lot of value in older players uh, like that. Um, for me, the guys that... Um, that that I learned a bit from or learned from uh, Brent Peterson would have been would be the first guy that that comes to mind for me. Nice. Um, uh, Brent uh, was a you know a centerman near the end of his career. He actually went into coaching right after, um, and he was always really he was good to me, but he was kind of hard on me too. Like you know, like you know. You may have noticed I was a little grumpy on myself or at others, and you know, like so he was all, yeah. yeah, he was good. He he was he was really good. He would be the guy I think I would 
okay. I would I would pick. And as far as mentoring somebody, um, when I got to Atlanta, I felt like I did that quite a bit. But that yeah. would be up to somebody else to say whether I actually helped them or not. You know, like I. Yeah. Um, no, that's fair. That's you know, fair. I, I that's like I like doing answer. it though. Yeah, I like doing it. I like being available. Final question. Ask Ryan Driggs anything. Ricky Abarno. Ray, what was the perception of the Islanders when you were traded there? And did you look forward to playing for Al Arbor, legendary coach, you know, just based on on his history and the history of that organization when you got there? Well, I got there in November of 90. Um, you know, the cup run had been over yeah. uh, for a few years by then. And and all of the all of the stars were were gone, right? Uh, of the yeah. of the cup yeah. teams, uh, Trache, yeah. Bossy, Gillies, Nystrom, Potvin, um, you know, like Billy Smith, they were all they were all gone. Um, so it felt like a team that was in transition. And it, shortly after I got there, they traded Brent Sutter and traded Pat Lafontaine too. And mm-hmm. so the perception was. Oh my gosh, like, what are we, you know, what are we, what are we doing? It felt like a little bit of the wilderness. Uh, as far as playing for Al, I was terrified of him um, <laughs> without ever having spoken to him. And then he, within no time, was my favorite, most respected coach that I ever mm. played for. I just, I just loved playing for Al. He was, uh, he was a fabulous coach. He's a, he was an amazing man. He really was. And I, I, I always consider that one of the great, great blessings of my career was to play for Al. Yeah, so many players say the same thing, right? Just a great man. All right, buddy. I was going to ask what your week looks like, but we know how it's starting at least, right? Coming yep. out of the Canadian holiday weekend with a big one with the Chicago Blackhawks and the Penguinos to get and this then season I'm in, rolling. Yeah, and then Friday I'm in uh, Washington for Pittsburgh again. So... Um, uh, those are my first two games and then back home Saturday, back home in time to watch a couple of kids soccer games. So that's, uh, that's, that's the treat at the end of the week. And, and hat tip to you, my friend, because historically doing the podcast when you're on the road is a bit of a technical challenge, but this, it, you know, I mean, sometimes we battle with Wi-Fi. that's out of our control, you know, that's out of our control, but the shot is nice. The frame is perfect. Like you're, you're I, I got to be honest. Rock solid. I, I talked to Rashad yesterday, you know, because, you know, he's a detail sort of guy. And yeah, um, I sent him a note and I'm like, ah, fuck, I forgot my, <laughs> my holder for the phone. That's so it's propped yeah. up. If I move too much, I think this whole thing comes apart. Right. So I, I think we've, we're going to get to the end. And the, yeah. But next week, I had this little bag. It was all there. It was all packed, but I forgot. Yeah, you forgot. Yeah, I forgot it. So, well, yeah, but the, it, it looks so good. I'm not sure I'd monkey with it. I think I'd just leave what you're doing now for the rest of the year. Whatever that bag of goodies is, just well, it's know, it's still it's still it sitting downstairs at my house, so it'll still be in the same place <laughs> when I get there. All right, buddy. You have a great week. We're gonna yeah, enjoy you too. your you coverage be busy tonight. Too, eh? You got to be busy. Yeah, too. we're we're grinding it out, right? Couple of insider tradings this week. It's you know, well, we'll be in studio uh, tomorrow for some of the Leafs opening nights and things like that. But uh, yeah, well, it's, just, it's, it's good to be back, though. It feels right. Yeah, feels it, right. It does. I'm looking forward to it, and um, I um, 
I, I like I said, I'm really, really excited to see Connor Bedard tonight. And so, um, what a what a big night for the league and for for Bedard and his family. Yes. All right. Well, we'll check back later in the week. Uh, cool coffee. Thanks for listening. All Canadians would join us. You bet. And thanks to our sponsors, where you continue to support Rain Riggs and make the pod possible. Our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey, and of course. Tim Hortons, thank you for bringing us Tim Hortons headlines twice a week on the Rain Drake podcast. And as always, as Ray mentions, thanks to you for listening, rating, sharing the podcast, and for following us on Rain Drake's YouTube. Until next time, stay safe, everybody.